0: Welcome to the Soundcentric Podcast. I am Adam Dash, and today we are joined by one of the best artists that I know of. He's your favorite artist. He's doing your favorite artist album cover. This year, he had 1,234,990 cumulative plays from his art on Spotify. Um, It could be more than this since then, but 30 plus singles this year, seven plus album covers, five plus EPs, three tour posters, 28 concert, five events during the R for Them. He has worked with, and sorry if I mispronounce any of these names, Valey, all the people from CXR, Kieran the Nomad, Reed Starks, Geogenesis, Cam Hayden, Morgan Gold, Paris Price, Elijah LaFleur, Barry, Andrew Kelly. Definitely a lot more people after that. But Tyler, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. Um, I think we're actually up another like 400,000 on Spotify since that one, so... That's continuing wild. to move. It's been wonderful. Also, man. shout out Valet and Byrie. Slight. We got you on the pronunciation.
0: Yeah, yeah, what I say for Byrie. I think I got Valet right. I think you said like
1: Bayrie. Byrie like Kyrie. Shit. Byrie. <laughs> You're
0: good. Oh, man. It's hard. But thank you so much for coming on the show. You're someone that I've seen so active on Twitter. And we were just talking about this, how strong the music community is on Twitter and how supportive of it it is. So... I don't know, tell me about your start on Twitter and making these, like, connections with all these people, whether it be, um, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, guys, it's CQR, CQCX. CQCX. C-Q-C-X um, you pairing out with them, doing art for all these amazing artists. Uh, How do you get into this community?
1: Yeah, so CQCX goes long before I was even on Twitter. Um, we all formed in, like, 2015 we got close knowing each other on the rapgenius.com forums back wow. when those were a thing. And so we're like based all around the country, just like nerds getting to know each other on a website. Eventually those forums shut down. We all kind of abandoned the website, just had a little uh, group chat, but eventually they all started taking music more seriously. I started taking design more seriously. So it just kind of became natural collaborating, um, more and more there. And then around 2021, 2022, we started adding in Sadie McFly and Le Dubois. And then this year we added Reed Starks. Um, Yeah, wonderful people, wonderful artists, all of them. Um, And I think what really helps us is that we were all like good friends for at least a year before there was any work added. So like, we really kind of get each other's people. Um, As far as the whole Twitter community, I think I've done a good job getting myself pretty into it just because I'm such a fan first. Like everyone I'm working with, I genuinely like believe in and support their music. And I just try to, you know, get to know people over time, support them first. And then, you know, if something ends up making sense, I'd love to work with them. And if it doesn't, that's cool too. Like I'm not, I don't know. I like just supporting the community and it'll often support back. But even when it doesn't, that's cool too. Like. Yeah. I'm just happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, the power, the power of the forums and group chats and stuff. It's so awesome how you can connect with people. So the way we started the podcast was I was in an Ohio State hip hop group chat that Sam and then our first couple episodes co-hosts, I'm Jordy, were in it, and I was just oh, wow. the only, I was just the only person writing into a, a group chat to the void because like my closest friends <laughs> are listening to the exact music I listen to. So this was like an outlet where I'm like, yo, you hear this new Benny the Butcher verse or something. So they reached out to me and they're like, we're thinking about starting a podcast and we see that like, you're just constantly writing in this group chat, like, do you want to join? So these were people that like were strangers to me. Like Sam's from Ohio, I'm from New Jersey. And yeah, it's cool how friendships can form online and you can actually build something like that and you've obviously built such a following yourself for your amazing art, so it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it really is crazy. I'm from a pretty small town and so just like... In 2014, talking about Saba and No Name to people across the country, it was cool I always like finding that community.
0: Yeah, it's sick. Well, before we get into your whole background, how you started art, how you actually make album art, which is something I'm so interested to hear how you do it, I wanted to start with a fun topic of our top 10 album covers of all time, which I know was way too hard of a choice to make. make. <laughs> and it might put you a little bit on the spot. You have 24 hours to kind of decide this list
1: yeah i put one together i am more answered kind of the 10 that influenced me the most more than just like a top 10 because it seemed like a answerable question um i feel like my favorites would change every week but i ended up going with uh the beach boys pet sounds anderson pack malibu mac miller the divine feminine two chains based on a true story kid cuddy man Uh on the moon Two. Fire. Lil Wayne, the Carter 3, Migos, Culture, Young Thug, Jeffrey, Kanye 808s, and Heartbreak, and Wale's, the mixtape about nothing.
0: That's fine. That's a good list. I want you to explain it in a second, but was Carter 3 the one where he's on the car? Like the white? Boy? No,
1: that's the Carter 2. Um, oh, okay. The Carter 3 is the baby with the oh, okay. yeah, yeah, little yeah. Carter tattoo
0: and uh, yeah. like
1: Wayne's tattoos.
0: So before I give Carter that 2 is a great cover too, though. No, yeah, it's fire. What what parts of these album covers actually inspired you? Like what stuck out to you for, from some of these covers?
1: Uh, different things from each, obviously. Uh, Pet Sounds is my favorite use of the font Cooper Black on an album cover. You've seen it on everything from Thundercat to Tyler the Creator to The Beatles to The Beef. Like everyone uses Cooper Black on their work. But Pet Sounds is just my favorite use of it. It does a really good job of kind of laying it out and then I really like the colors on it. Um, Mm -hmm. Malibu and culture are both just like some of the best collage work I've ever seen and like got me really interested in collaging, um, which has really impacted a lot of my work. Based on a true story, Jeffrey and 808s are all really good examples of like less is more and kind of saying something more than Mm -hmm. trying to make the most complicated image um kind of the same with the divine feminine that's a good example of just like layering disparate elements to kind of communicate something more than the sum of its parts Mm -hmm. i like the carters three a lot as just like a it's it's mocking up something realistic but also without trying to trick you into thinking it's real Mm -hmm. um i think a lot of times where design fails is when you like you know, try to make something look really real and just it ends up in that uncanny valley where like this kind of commits to it's ridiculous to have a baby with tattoos. So yeah. You kind of start out on a level playing field. And then Men on the Moon too, just like I don't know. That was one of the first covers that I remember distinctly being impressed by. Like Mm -hmm. I was big into Cuddy early into getting into hip hop and just like I don't know the stars in the background of that record. It was just such a, just made such an impression on me.
0: Yeah. now I love hearing how different people take in album covers it's the same way that we all listen to music for different things. We can listen to a song and you could be like, the ad libs on that were crazy, but I'm over here like, oh, the harmonies were wild. So it's Hello. interesting that like the font is something that sticks out to you. When when I give my list, I won't be talking too much about fonts. But I love <laughs> that. Like, that's what you nerd out about. They're the first uh, thing I
1: noticed. So, oh, this is so. This is my merch, but this is okay. a new logo I made for myself. But it's in Cooper Black. It's my favorite
0: font. <laughs> That's it, man. I gotta start using that. I've been using like Ariel too much. And and
1: then uh, sorry, another slight plug. Slight plug. This is sweatshirt of merch I'm doing. that uh it's, it says real music always wins, but over each letter is like a letter from one of my favorite album covers. Wow. So it's like the acid rap R, De La Soul, Channel Orange, The Love Below, Malibu. If you're reading This Is Too Late, Good Combat City, Man on the Moon, Carter 2. Like, I'm not going to go through all of them,
0: but. Yeah. yeah. No, dude, that, that's awesome that you thought of that idea. I'm a big fan of, like, do you know the Wang Sap logo where it's kind of like the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. things? I just love when something's spelled out with different fonts for each letter and different colors. So that's kind of like what you're doing with that. That's sick.
1: Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, these will go live sometime next year. I like. I just got sampled in, so I'm working on so, figuring out strategies.
0: Once I get the job and I have money, I will I will purchase that.
1: We got the um, blank embroidered on the sleeve, too.
0: <laughs> I'm curious, two albums, two Kanye albums, I'm curious what your initial reaction was to these and maybe how it's grown on you, because they're pretty... Uh, uh-huh. The pretty covers? Simple, opinions. The Life of Pablo, what was your initial reaction?
1: Initially... I thought it looked kind of lazy, like it was, you know, a MS paint kind of clip art type thing. But over time I grew to really, really love that cover. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's subverting a lot of expectations really effectively. And just like, I think it just really captures the energy of that album and it fits the music so well that my like initial reaction pretty much got lost in the shuffle entirely. Like I now love that cover.
0: Yeah, now what you said is exactly what I thought. Like it looks like clip art and it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kanye does a lot of bad, bad things and says a lot of stupid stuff, but it's impressive yeah, yeah. that like he constantly does art stuff that years later people are still copying that cover and that style of work where it's like- Yeah, I think
1: I think in some ways one of his greatest strengths is the community he surrounds himself with of like other artists and designers. And so he, you know, when you have, at the time when Donda was functioning as like a creative agency, they had dozens of incredible designers all submitting different things. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, sometimes something, sometimes the hardest work to make is what looks the simplest and the easiest. Um, and I think that that's a good example of that. Like there was a, clearly a lot of thought went in mm-hmm. where like I don't know, the Yay album cover does seem kind of just thrown together.
0: Yeah, it sounds like he was in like a van, took a picture of a cliff, and then drew on it in Snapchat. Yeah. I'm curious, what's your opinion on the Donda cover? Because I know some people are saying, oh, it's so cool how it represents like the death and it's all black. I think I'm just surprised it's pretty lazy because it's been done before. And that's the part I'm more held back on enjoying the cover.
1: Yeah, I think it just isn't a cover. I think it does fit the album in that he. I also don't think he finished that album. Um, (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) I think, like, I don't know. I ended up making my own cover for it at the time. I also ended up making my own track list and sequencing of the album at the time because I think there were a lot of cool ideas there, but it just didn't quite come together.
0: It did not. Yeah. The only song I really play from that is the uh, Roddy Rich one. For some reason, I love it.
1: Oh, interesting. I don't know why. I think moon and...
0: uh, Oh, Moon's great. I just don't know. I don't play it for some reason, but that's always been a great song. Come to Life was a good one, too. So, for my list, this was pretty hard, and there's definitely a lot of cool covers that I've seen that I don't listen to the songs enough, so it just wasn't my playlist, so I kind of forgot about the cover. But these mm. are some ones that were important to me, or just thought were awesome. I feel like Astroworld was just such a moment when the cover came out. Which do you
1: prefer, the day or the night?
0: Hmm. I feel like the day one I like. There's just something about I'm the colors it. and it's more bright on it. I think I'm it gets the it. album more. Number nine, I have similar because it's such a cultural moment, is Views. Because like the album's called Views. He put himself on the top of the biggest building in the city he's from. The memes that were created by it, I feel like it was just such a huge cultural thing. And looking mm-hmm. at the cover, it, it's just sick.
1: It does bother me a little bit on that one that scale-wise, he's like 30 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> but it, is, yeah, it, it was It was a moment, for sure.
0: Um, number eight, I wanted to choose one from Kanye, and I went with Graduation. I've honestly never really stared at the cover that much and really looked at like what was going on on it. And I think just the whole trilogy idea with the bear and how much planning went into that, where before the college dropout was coming out, he knew the Graduation was going to come, and he really mm-hmm. planned that all in his head. So I love the art. I'm sure you know the artist's name. I'm blanking on it. Yeah, that yeah. was Murakami. Yeah, he's he's crazy. He did Kid C Goes too, right? Yeah. I could have said that one as well. Uh, number seven, I got Pray for Haiti by Matt Comey. Oh, that one's crazy. I love the colors. I'm not sure what you would uh, classify that type of art as, but it's just really cool. It's kind of like the Basquiat. I don't know if that's the Yeah, one. That's it's really kind
1: cool. of based off of a Basquiat, I think
0: yeah
1: um but um, yeah it's really out there
0: i was looking at some west side gun ones and i was looking at like a like, pray for paris and it's just the clip art chain is it's just it's not crazy
1: though i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that, that's probably my favorite virgil cover it's so unless you count like i think virgil also worked on like based on a true story and like some of those early donda ones but yeah. like post donda virgil
0: it's an interesting one, and I wanted to shout out some. These people are on my list, but some people who have constantly great album covers that are kind of that style. Action Bronson, I always love his covers. I think he just yeah. draws them himself, but I really yeah. Liked he them. painted his last one. And Blue yeah.
1: Chips Two was a classic one to me too. The yeah, like that's the,
0: the cartoon of him. animation, like, like, yeah, yeah. And the Alchemist always just has sick ass covers. Bo Jackson, I think, is the. Yeah, Gojax mm-hmm. it just does the I don't Boldy have...
1: James collab yeah, with yeah, the yeah. sports cards interlaced.
0: That one's crazy. Honestly, most of the Boldy ones are crazy. Um, from like a Tea in China. I'm blanking. I'm bad at title names. The Price of Tea in China. The Price of, of yeah. Tea in China, that cover's sick. Did not make my list. I really uh, like
1: the real bad boldy one too, the real bad man, Boldy James collab album. That's got a sick cover.
0: I think I can, I think I can picture that one in my head. Uh six. I got kids by Mac Miller. I just think. Okay fits the essence of the album so well that it's three of his friends sitting on the bleachers. I think I'm comparing it to the new cover. I think there might be a new one on Apple Music that I was looking at compared to the old one. But it's, it's on my Simplified ceiling. a bit now. But yeah. I always liked how kind of like animated but real it was and I don't know, I just felt the vibe of a high school kid making an album.
1: Have I you seen the like movie Kids that like the cover is based on? I, I haven't.
0: haven't. No, I have not. Honestly didn't know no, it was based just, on something.
1: Yeah I mean, the lettering something. is like exactly the same as the movie called Kids that I think he even samples at some point on there.
0: Yeah, he does. It's also fun. The Easy Mac cover is the opposite. Scale. <laughs> the I Easy Mac the worst. worst covers.
1: Um, number I five. I love watching movies, too, as a Mac cover.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a really cool one with just like this red. He's been really big on like minimalistic covers. The more mm-hmm. like I'm thinking about swimming, obviously, circles are very minimalistic. Faces is also. Even like Good I Am is just. Good I Am is just his face his yelling. Um, number five for me. I only wanted to choose one from this artist, but Sam Spratt is such a damn good artist. But Logic, oh, yeah. everybody. Just when I think back to how excited I was as a fan when that dropped, and the different Easter eggs on it, like that just made the music so much cooler to me as a fan. So I don't know how people think about it now, but I know it's based off a famous painting, and it was like, oh my god, is that J Cole in the top right corner? And like, oh, that's his dog at the bottom with the drum machine. <laughs> so just as a fan, that made the experience even cooler. But Logic. I mean, he's very similar to Tarantino. They love, like, Easter eggs and copying things that they love. So, like, most, oh, of, Sam's, sure. most of the Sam Spratt. Sam brother.
1: Spratt is crazy. That man is incredibly talented. I don't yeah. think I've seen anything even, like, pretty good from him. Like, it's all incredible.
0: Incredible. Number four, this could be a kind of a hot take. I really like the K.O.D. cover. I have it on my okay. ceiling in my bedroom. I just love the painting. It's really cool with Cole, and then you have all the kids that are kind of, like, drugged up which kind of previews what the album is i like the purple colors on it i don't have too much of a detailed explanation on that one i just think it's cool Word. number three i'm not sure you can see it to the right of me it has to be flower boy i
1: i love that cover
0: this tapestry has sat above my bed at college for like three years i love I'm looking at it right now i love the colors it probably like i don't know if an album cover cover has ever like so closely aligned with the sound of the music like the album just sounds like a sunset and sounds orange. And I think mm. it's I think it was just the perfect cover for that album. Number two, this has been a this has been above my bed my entire life at home, not at college. Uh, to pimp a butterfly is that's the, an dope, incredible the, one. The dopest thing. There's so much explanation that can go into into it. And I think it just represents the album so perfectly. My um, people have come to my house and are very confused about what is above my bed. they're like who are who are these people standing in front of the white house and why is there like a dead guy at the bottom but i tell them it's it's the best album ever created yeah it's a classic and number one you said it it's the goat cover malibu by anderson back
1: shout out dewey saunders man yeah he is just incredible like he did that he did futures the wizard he's done a bunch of stuff with like turnstile he he's a huge influence on me and like um it's cool. Twitter is so cool that like we've gotten to communicate a little bit, yeah. back and forth, and like it's crazy that I was. He's he, just out here.
0: He tweeted something about the album, and I was I didn't know he did the album, so I was just interacting with him about the cover. I'm like, it's literally on my ceiling right now, and sent a picture. Then I realized I'm like, oh, this is the guy who made the cover. It yeah. is. I think I've had it since the first day of college, and it has survived five years at this point. And I hope oh, I yeah. hope it stays at the top of my ceiling. But to get into your background, because you kind of just touched on it, what were your influences to begin doing art? Was there a cover or something where you're like, this is so, how did they even think of this? How did your love for art start?
1: Not really. Um, I think I always kind of had the eye for it way before I really had any sort of skill, <laughs> um, where like I always appreciated a good cover. And would check out music kind of based on covers. Uh, I know we're not supposed to judge books by their covers, but no, they're fine, right? It happens. Um, And just over time, I eventually started uh, doing some simple work just for friends because they needed it. And I had Photoshop on my computer. Um, I had to have it for my college major. So I was just like, yeah, might as well play around in this, making simple flyers for friends and stuff. And then. Uh, album book club was a big part of me like doing collages every week for our picks and just kind of continuing to hone my skills. And then, uh, I don't know. I think the biggest things that got me into wanting to make them was just opportunity. Uh, I graduated college in 2020. I was really looking to focus into working in live music and then COVID hit. So that just wasn't an option at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I just, I don't know, I had a lot of time, decided to learn and like really kind of cut my teeth in Photoshop. Um, and then the cover for Paris Price's Killing Me Slowly with Chris Patrick and Dende really kind of set things in motion for me and gave me some momentum. And then, the you know, the snowball kept rolling down the hill and get, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And here we are.
0: yeah And you kind of just touched on this about re- judging a book by the cover, but it's true that. There are albums that i didn 't listen to until I was older in life because I was naive and I'm like i don 't like the album cover, so I don't really want to click play and there are covers yeah, for sure. know, and there's covers you'll see that you think it doesn't really match the album i don 't know why they went with this cover, and I'm always mm-hmm. surprised by some mainstream artists because from my perspective i don't know if this is true. I feel like they have the opportunity with so many great artists and it's like you really went with that cover
1: Yeah, I think sometimes you fall into. The unfortunate thing of like trying to do design by committee where they're just kind of too many cooks in the kitchen to have a clear vision or you know if the designer may have made something incredible to start and then you know the focus group said i changed this i changed this and eventually it just got unrecognizable from where the good idea was um i always try to remember that before like when critiquing big covers because usually the designer is an incredibly talented person it's just Mm. Something somewhere along the line, the message gets lost.
0: Are there any design trends that you wish would stop? Some things that you constantly see on covers where you're like, every single time, it's just not my thing.
1: Um, I don't know if this counts as a trend, but I mean, obviously, anything AI, I'm very yeah. anti just morally, but as far as just like an actual design trend, I would always rather have no type than bad type. Like, if you're going to use type, do it well. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're even questioning it, take it off, in my opinion.
0: How do you – this kind of gets into the actual art of like how you even make an album cover. How do you find a font? Like do you have, like, a stockpile in your head of, like, what different fonts look like? And you're like, this is what will go with this one? Or do you just keep trying them out and you just keep clicking random stuff and see what works? I'm a
1: hoarder with fonts. I have probably 3,000 fonts on my computer right now installed where, like – i'll sometimes i'll immediately know what i want to use sometimes i'll stick to a classic a cooper black a helvetica like you Mm know one that sometimes you want to say something with your font choice and so you kind of stick to a classic sometimes i will just literally scroll through click 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 no i don't like that no i don't like that no i don't like that sometimes i will have downloaded a font two months ago and i'll finally realize like this is what I want to use it for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think your font really does have to match not just the like vibe of your cover, but also the specific letters in the word you're going for. So sometimes Mm -hmm. you'll think what'll work, but just like, Oh, I don't like the way that E looks. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you keep going deeper and deeper, but I don't know. Fonts are definitely one of the things I am most critical of and most like aware of, even if I'm just like, looking at a menu at a restaurant, I'm always thinking about like how it's laid out, how the spacing is, how like the kerning and the letting and everything are. And I'm just like, I don't know that for some reason, my eye just instantly picks up on that.
0: No, I love that. That's what you notice at a restaurant. I think from an an outside perspective, from both of these outside perspectives, it kind of reminds me like layering drums on a song. And from like my perspective of not making beats and you keep pressing a hi-hat of different sounds, you're like, how like, how did the producer choose which hi hat sounded perfect for the song? Because when you play it just yeah. alone, it's like they all kind of sound kind of similar, and so you hear a good drum pattern, you're like, oh. you just
1: know. Yeah. Sometimes the one hits, and you're just like, "Yep, that's it."
0: And how collaborative is your process? Because I'm sure artists come with you. Do you, do you hear the album first and go with that? Do they tell you an idea and you run with it? I'm sure it's different every time. Or
1: yeah. I think that's really the biggest answer, just that it's different every time. I do always try to get the music ahead of time when I can so that I can really make sure that it, whatever I'm making fits the sound and the energy of the music itself. But I've had artists send it to me and just say, hey, I trust you. Do what you want. Go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also had artists say like, hey, I have this exact idea. Can you help me execute it? Let's you know, do this. And then I've also had like people where we kind of go back and forth and figure out what it is throughout the process um sometimes you know it's like when i was doing i did a series for kieran the nomad and we probably had three or four hours of phone calls of just like what are we trying to say what do we want to do uh long before any before the music was done and before anything was started in terms of actual design
0: to make sure I'm ta- thinking about the right one, this is the one with like the clock on the face, or not clock? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, a not it's a collage in
1: a mirror. mirror.
0: That that's crazy. That's yeah, one it was of on that's one of those examples where I'm like, how the hell does one think of that? And so
1: this is that collage. Oh my! Um, that's but crazy.
0: so, did you make it physically, then scan it into your computer, or you just did that after yeah. making that?
1: That's yeah, so that's
0: physical. That's all like magazine. So is most of your collaging like that? Or I assumed it was digital. I didn't really think about it.
1: It's about half and half. Um, I got a scanner for Christmas last year and went crazy with it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff's physical. A lot of stuff is digital. I really just am always kind of looking for inspiration in anything I see. So, you know, sometimes I'm just going for a walk and I'll take a photo of You know a metal grate that has an interesting texture to it and i might use that as like an overlay for just a little tiny bit of texture on a cover a year later yeah um i the most important things to me in design are type colors texture and like layout composition and so those are really where i focus in the most i'm just always kind of paying attention to those things in the wild i think one of the best ways to like stay inspired is just to always kind of keep your eyes open and just mm-hmm. think anything could be art.
0: That to make another comparison to production, you hear stories all the time of people voice recording the sound of the train, and they're like, "That kind of sounds like a cool hi hat pattern," and then they end up using it years later or months later. I Absolutely, think, uh, "Plain Jane" by ASAP Ferg was the sound of a train moving, and that's what. Oh wow! It. I didn't know. That. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities to that. Do you – I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I hope it's the right dis, disorder, but si, is it synesthesia when you can see – Synesthesia, yeah. When you see colors, when you hear music, do you have that or
1: – I think I have, like, a really – I think I have a kind of light version. Of, like, I definitely associate colors and textures with sounds, but not, like – it's not, like, a visceral, like Yeah, – I've heard people describe it as, like, literally seeing the colors, which I don't – But I definitely, like, they have an equivalent to me. And, like, sometimes I'll hear something like, this just doesn't match. I need to find a new color palette that, like, fits it better or something.
0: I think Pharrell has it. I think I've heard him talk about it. I I feel like I can picture, like, I said how Flower Boys sounds orange or on this new Boz album, Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of songs where I'm like, this sounds like the sunset. But I I definitely don't have that full-blown feeling of literally seeing a color. I wanted to get into something that I saw you tweet about because I deal with this every single day, especially as a white person mm-hmm. who loves hip hop. But you talked about imposter syndrome, and I'm curious how you experienced that in your line of work.
1: Yeah, so I think I don't know. There's a quote that's like, "You're only as you're like you're only as good as your last work. You're only as I think it's Andre 2000 like you're only as funky as your last cut. Yep, um, you're." sometimes you just i don't know i make a lot of stuff i do a lot of volume and sometimes i really love it sometimes i don't also that rarely has any correlation to what other people think of it yeah it's so like i don't know sometimes people are all going crazy for art that you didn't really love and so you feel like a fraud sometimes yeah. the art you were super passionate about no one really cares about whether it's the algorithm not promoting it or that it just doesn't resonate to people for whatever reason. And I think there's also a lot of comparison in this world. Like, you know, anytime you're making art and looking at a lot of art, you're going to see other people and kind of see what they can do that you can't. And every now and then it'll just hit you. Like, I don't know. You just start to think that maybe what you're doing isn't good enough or that you're not as far as they are along. Um, There's also, like, I'm a freelancer, so, you know, there's not security in, oh, there will always be a regular paycheck. Like, if I'm not always making good stuff, eventually the, like, hype around myself could die out and I could just stop having work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's an easy thing to fall into, but I think the way to combat that is just community. Like, really... Surrounding yourself with other people that make music or art or anything and just talking to each other and like reminding each other that we're all doing what we can and like making what we can and uh, just continuing to like support each other. And then also what helps me sometimes is just making something wildly different, something that has zero stakes, something that I don't expect to ever share anywhere that could be just absolutely terrible, but just really like trying something new and like, I don't know, getting a creative release.
0: Yeah, and I love that you said that last tip because I was going to bring up a Rick Rubin video I was watching yesterday because he was talking about artists who suffer from imposter syndrome or have writer's block. And it's usually because Mm -hmm. of like two things. Either you personally feel like nothing's really going on in your life or you're starting to think too much about what other people like. And he was saying that one way to get out of that is start making music and thinking of it in terms of I'm just making a journal entry right now. No one's Mm -hmm. ever going to hear this. This is purely my journal entry. This is my therapy. Like this is my diary. And just make it like that, which I think that makes so much sense. And we're constantly creating stuff that we think others will like, which sets you up for disappointment when people don't appreciate it. So I think the biggest yeah. thing is just remembering that you love doing it. For example, this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For this podcast, I can compare myself to the Joe Buttons of the world, which are obviously the highest spectrum. I can compare myself with people who get tens of thousands of views on their YouTube video. And if I'm doing it for tens of thousands of views, like that's not going to help me. Like I look forward when I wake up and I'm like, yes, we got an episode today. So I just love talking about music. And sometimes you can kind of forget about that when you're too focused comparing, because who doesn't compare themselves to others?
1: Absolutely. Reminding myself that like I am making art for music as a job is just – it's awesome. Like an absurd blessing, and so yeah, sometimes you just need to kind of recenter and be like, "Oh no, I, I am good at this. I am doing this." Like, I think it's you try to avoid seeking validation in other people's opinions, but I don't know. Sometimes I'll look back and be like, "Oh no, I've worked with people that like I look up to." Yeah. So obviously, I'm doing something right, you know?
0: No, hundred percent. I think uh, Chris Patrick reached out to me randomly and was like, "I love what you're doing with the podcast." I'm like, "Whoa!" Someone who I respect so much. Just reached out to me without me having to say anything, and it's hard its its human nature to focus on the negative moments or like a negative comment. But when people who you respect also respect the work you're doing, it's like the most rewarding thing. Because it's like, cool, I think I'm taking the right steps, right path.
1: Absolutely. I mean, specifically to like Chris Patrick and all of Crossroads, they've been such a big, like them constantly believing in me even before I was really doing much. Definitely helped me take this more seriously and continue to get more and more opportunities with it. Like, I I really think that there's so much value in just kind of investing in the people around you and not expecting anything of it and just kind of all doing what we can to kind of, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats type thing. We're just like, we're all kind of doing what we can to support each other. And in that kind of creating something bigger than any of us.
0: Yeah. Did you do the tour poster for the concert coming up? The, uh, yeah, the I update? did.
1: So I did the winners and losers. Uh, so I didn't draw them. I did all of the design elements, but I did not draw the actual figures. Um, I did an unofficial gang activity tour poster that ended up being used a bunch of places. I did the 95 Civic Tour stuff for Dende. Mm-hmm. Um you did the ice cream got to be, on the phone, right yeah so it. i i took that photo on my phone at like the dende day 95 yeah. civic show um so yeah hopefully going up for the SOBs show we'll get to it'll be nice to kind of see all the guys again and get to collaborate in person
0: yeah, that's awesome are there any just as a place for you to kind of like market yourself are there any dream collaborations or people you're <laughs> i can see my style made matching with their music or I have some type of loose connection, I yeah. can see it happening.
1: Yeah, I have a few different ans- like different categories of answers to that question. Uh, designers that I would love to work with. I'd love to work with Dewey Saunders. I'd love to work with Nikki Chulo. I'd love to work with Emma Burrs. I'd love to work with Julia Fletcher. Woody Banks and I actually just did some work together, and I'm looking forward to doing more with him um, in terms of like artist-to-artist collaboration. Musically, my dream one's are like pharrell young thug um i love i mean if i could ever do anything for frank uh more a little more realistically i'd love to work with deontay hitchcock we've talked a little bit here and there but like he's a guy that i really he's crazy really love um and he is another person like you know he's done work with uh he's done songs with dende he's uh, mm-hmm. performed with chris like he's investing in the community too so it would be cool to get some work in there just like knowing that it wouldn't be a completely transactional thing um one of my dream ones that i was lucky enough to do was the cover for valet he's one of my favorite rappers just yeah,
0: ever so you're talking about him a lot
1: um also like i got to do a single that had a Superboy feature on it that was another just like chicago crazy yeah. one getting to do Getting to work with Fake Shore Drive on Project Pat merch has always been cool because just like, like Project Pat is one of the greatest ever.
0: Yeah,
1: and like a- Andrew Barber and Fake Shore Drive Dope. were like, I was checking that website every day when I was fifteen. So it's just such a cool like, kind of full circle thing to be working with people you looked up to so much. Um, who else? I'd love to work with like Felix from Van Buren. Um, we've been following each other on Twitter for years before van buren was kind of blowing up so it's cool to see him continue to grow um definitely want to get more work in with asar well femdot would be really cool to work with um all I of pay gang
0: yeah i saw femdot on tour he was fire for opening up for red yeah Man. dude was spitting yeah he
1: was he was sick i got to see him on the uh saboteur with Mindy.
0: that came to columbus the day after i left to go home from college and I was so mad. I uh, when I was
1: in college, Smino always did that to me. I was I was trying to see him for years before I finally got to catch a show. Because it was always like, oh, I have a final that day. Or, yeah. oh, I just went home. Or whatever.
0: Well, this is a good transition to one of our topics about concerts. Because I know you just put out your list of concerts. You saw so many this year. And that's like my favorite <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah, do it okay. It's my favorite thing in the world. Smino is probably my top three favorite artists ever. So, and J.I.D.'s top three, too. It's probably mm-hmm. Cole, J.D. Smino. So that tour okay. is something that, yeah, that was made, so made for me. I drove two hours with my friend from school to see in Cincinnati, and discovered my new favorite artist, Jordan Ward, which was a crazy experience because
1: that was such a perfect opener fit for that show.
0: It was that man was yelling so loud in such like a wrestler fun way, and still dancing <laughs> and still singing really well. And I was like, "This is the best opening artist I've ever seen." And then, yeah, I was
1: a huge fan of the song Lil Baby Crush for a couple years before that, but hadn't really dove into the rest of his discography yet. She said, so getting to see that, (laughs) so getting to see that song was incredible. And then, like, Forward came a little while after, and like, really getting deep into him was incredible.
0: I knew him from like a Duckworth song that was on Duckworth's album, but I never, for whatever reason, didn't dive into him. And it's just been everywhere for me this whole year. And that tour, I mean, they're just they're just so damn good at performing. I was very happy to see that show. Yeah. as I was leaving, me and my friend saw people waiting, and we were like, "You know what? we're going to drive home two hours anyway. Let's just wait outside this tour bus. So I gotta meet Smiño, me now." and oh. Hi. That, he, he was out of his mind. He was probably on something. but I don't think he knew <laughs> what I was saying to him, but I'm like, "You made Anita. you are the goat. It's so nice to meet you." Uh, I'm trying to think what else I saw. I saw Pusha T. This I saw Push T. twice on this past tour. He was actually a really good. Cool. I got
1: my push set list right here. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, yeah it was an amazing. One. This is an old concert, but I think the fun part of shows, as we just said about Jordan Ward, is finding out later down the line. Like, oh, that was the opener for that show I saw. So this is mm. the um, All American Badass tour. This is something for Joey Badass. And the openers mm. were Westside Boogie, Westside Boogie, and Buddy. And oh wow, how. I wasn't even fans of them at the time. Now I look back and I'm like, damn, I guess I saw Westside Boogie and I didn't appreciate it because that guy is amazing.
1: Yeah, I think that's always some of the best shows. Uh, in 2014, I was at a tiny venue, maybe 100 people cap. Uh, it was Mick Jenkins and Kirk Knight. And opening for them were, they, they were listed at the time as Saba Pivot and No Name Gypsy. Sheesh. Like, <laughs> Neither of them had even like fully... They didn't have their own, you know, they hadn't fully locked in as just like Saba without the pivot getting attachment. No Name hadn't gone out as just No Name yet. Uh, No Name didn't have a project out. So she was just performing like her SoundCloud demos, like Cherry Pie Blues, Dizzy, like all those songs. Um, And Saba had Comfort Zone out. So he was doing a bunch of songs from Comfort Zone, but like each of them closed their set with their acid rap features because like that was their biggest thing.
0: That's so, interesting.
1: so it was crazy looking back. Like I've seen Saba 10 or 11 times now. Really? So it's crazy looking yeah. back to like seeing him in high school as like a, just little baby Tyler. Yeah. Just like, I'm so glad I convinced my friend to go to that show. I was like, Hey, if you drive me, I'll buy your ticket. Good. Deal. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. A random, it was like a random school night. I was like, we're going to drive an hour and a half to go to this show. Just trust me.
0: I was, the, I was the kid in high school, so I live really close to Philadelphia. So I could just mm-hmm. take a train in 20 minutes. And I would just go to see shows alone because my friends didn't care to see Anderson <sighs> .Paak or see some of the lesser. I mean, to me, they're so amazing, the best artists ever, but they don't want to sit in line. So I'd go like front, line, front row. I was like waiting mm-hmm. in line, making friends in line. And those were, those were the best memories because, I mean, that made me fall in love with live music and seeing people. I was saying like Amine alone. Amine is one of my favorite performers, if you've ever seen him. He's I amazing. need to catch him. behind me. He's amazing. I saw in high school I saw Logic with my brother, and my brother ditched me because it was too much standing for him. Was front <laughs> I was front row for that. He was he was a really good performer. I need to see I saw Cole at a festival, but I don't think that counts. And I need to see I that's that's my goat. And I need to see J. Gotcha. Cole alive. That's my dream. Yeah, I goat. got
1: to. I've only seen Cole at Dreamville. I've seen him twice at Dreamville Fest, how, but
0: How was Dreamville Fest? That's
1: I It was it. The first year was incredible. He brought out Meek. Uh Meek was like fresh out of jail yeah. that year, I think. So it was a really cool experience. Um I didn't go this year with Drake and everything, but Dreamville is just a very very good energy for a festival. Everyone there is just like very laid back and just there to enjoy it. It's not a lot of like you know, pushing and shoving. And yeah, I feel like some crowds can be a little ruder. We're like, it was a very like family reunion type vibe. Yeah. But Dreamville. My
0: dream, I want to talk to someone at Dreamville, whether it be Eve or, or I could be Barry Hefner, just because they've mm-hmm. developed this fan base so well. And like CD has amazing artists and they're great. But the, there's a, something about like the fan base around Dreamville that they support like the other Dreamville sounding artists. You have Revenge of the Dreamers that are putting on so many new artists that like, People will call them like Dreamville type artists, and Mm. I feel like it's just such a cool fan base. I feel like it's everyone just really loves the music, and if they like one of the artists, they usually support every single one of them, as if it was like their favorite artist. So they they've cultivated that so well.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite shows of this year was uh, at the Sultan Room in Brooklyn, seeing Dende and uh, Geogenesis together for the Ninety Five Civic Tour. I remember just leaving that like it was like, it was cool getting to go and hang before and like work with them as peers. But uh-huh. after the show walking away, just thinking like this guy's a star yeah. and like Billy blunt on guitar, the entire band just playing out of their He's- mind. Like Dende did the entire EP and the entire album all the way through wrapped Chris's verse, wrapped Deontay's verse, did an outfit change midway through like, it was a it wasn't just a good show of songs you like. like it was a performance that was really thought out and like really you could tell that a lot of time went into rehearsal and structuring and like it sounded better than the record even. Like it was just one of those like really special performances that makes you realize like everyone in this room right now is lucky to be here before it's the bigger venue.
0: Yeah, that's like that's a really awesome feeling. And Dende, I've only seen videos. I'm hoping he gets that show in New York. You can just tell he's a really like an actual real good singer it's not just there's no effects on that like he is an yeah. amazing no, songwriter uh billy there I've, I've said this a lot in the podcast there's this freestyle that he did or it wasn't a freestyle he was performing a song on a on a show and i need them to drop mm-hmm. it because it is so good and billy's producing on it and they i mean they're obviously like they have that dreamville vibe of how they're building up and if you're a fan of dende you're probably a fan of erica billy and chris and if you're a fan of chris you're probably a fan of the others. And they're featuring on each other's projects and they're doing the EP with the songs. Once again, you made the art awesome and the merch.
1: Yeah, that was that was a really fun one to put together. Um, because we I like had kind of put off working on it. I was like, I'm gonna not start this cover until after that show so that I could talk to everybody in person and kind of get a feel for it. And then Miz, who's the AR for them, um I realized he had the CXR tattoo on his wrist. And so I was like, Oh, that would be perfect. Like I wanted a way to have CXR on the cover without having any text on it. Cause I wanted something just like iconic. And so I literally just ran three blocks to an ice cream store, asked them for the prettiest cone they could make for me. Um, ran back. It was melting on everything. We shot probably a hundred photos and then just, you know, editing that sky behind it and everything to get it to where it needed to be. But that was just such a perfect, like that. We did that during sound check. We had like a 10 minute window that would work that's to dope. take photos. And so it was just like, now or never, let's make it happen. Um, I think that's part of why Crossroads does so well is that they're all so open to collaboration in the moment and figuring things out. It's like a very egoless group where it's all about like what's going to make the good art. Um, mm-hmm. I know when I work with them on merch or covers or anything, it's a lot of, they do usually have a vision and an idea, but there's also a lot of room for my own input or my own thoughts and a lot of just like respect to the art above any one person's idea.
0: Yeah. That's how you get the best out of people. And
1: Absolutely.
0: I, it's so cool. I saw the picture you posted on Twitter of like the behind the scenes of that picture. And it kind of reminded me of mm-hmm. like the chance to picture with that kid. And you're like, Whoa, that's where acid Rap came from.
1: <laughs> right. That was just a photo of someone. Acid Rap's Another one of my favorite covers ever. Yeah. Um, just missed my top ten.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Some artist saw that picture and was like, "I know, I know what I can do with this." Like, there's a weird lighting on half your face. I think we can we can go with something here. Yeah, a artist. perfect one. Crazy. Well, Tyler, I want to give you a space to shout out your work before we leave. Um, where the people can find you, um, your website, and we'll tag it all below. But yeah, it's your spot. Mark it.
1: Yeah. So. um it's, it's a little weird because most of my work is for other people right now. Um, I'm going to be launching some merch top of the year, but I'm most active by far on Twitter I'm at Tyler Blank CQCX. Uh, if you look in my Twitter bio, you've got a link to my website with my portfolio. Um, I also have a Spotify playlist. You can link that is all of my covers that are on Spotify. Um, but yeah, I've gotten to do, a whole lot of work with a whole lot of cool people and hope that this time next year I'm thinking the same thing with an entirely new crop of people. Um, Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, Tyler. Thank you for coming on. And if you stay to the end, thank you so much. I don't click subscribe, like it, share it to people who need art and get Tyler some money. Oh,
1: um, my, uh, playlist thing. Yes. Do we need to do that? Uh, I'm going to go, uh, oh trophies, God. congrats, Asar oh, and Chris
0: Patrick. I can't, I can't believe I forgot to do the <laughs> to do the playlist. <laughs> I was just You're so good. excited to talk about the albums. We can still clip it on Twitter. Uh, my playlist title for the week is "Ground Zero by Nito featuring Kieran the Nomad. It's such oh, an LA, a LA, such a California LA sounding like YG song. They wrote mm. the beat so well. Awesome track. Just wanted to shout them out. Sorry we didn't shout you out in the beginning, as we tend to do. Yeah
1: yeah trophies congrats uh the star chris track just because this time of year is always so reflective you know you kind of look back at everything you've accomplished in the last year and sometimes you know you get both the wins and the like i don't know sometimes there's like an emptiness that comes with that i think that song does a really good job of covering like kind of the pros and cons of accomplishments
0: definitely and this is two
1: of my favorite artists
0: (laughs) well thank you so much for reminding me now i'm embarrassed that i forgot to do that in the beginning You're good, I got you. Follow Tyler, and we will see you next time. Peace.